Oh, um, the guy. The guy with the dog. No, no, no. Speed Racer's just gone past. Speed Racer? Yeah. Speed Racer's the the guy with uh, no legs and one arm who gets, like, <gasps> smashed. Oh, yeah. There's a guy in a mobility scooter who goes to the pub at the top of our road and then leaves the pub with a brown paper bag with a bottle in it and drives his mobility scooter down our road. Down the middle like of the road. 20 miles an hour. <laughs> Just weaving. <laughs> down the very centre of the road. I've had to avoid him in my car before. This is a man who knows exactly what he wants from life. <laughs> and he and always he's does living it. it to the fullest. <laughs> <laughs> he always does it yeah. on the wrong side of the road. So, like, toward buses. Yeah. Just has, gives no fucks. Does he not move? No. no. Just sort of slumped over the front of his mobility scooter. Fucking hell. weaving. It's like he's dead at the wheel. It's bad. Has anyone checked on him? Is anyone sure that he is actually alive? <laughs> he's just gone past. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I brought him up, because I'm looking out the window and just saw him sort of mend his merry way past. <laughs> it's like ten past five on a Tuesday. Just getting sloshed. Yeah. Aren't we all? Hello and welcome to Stiff Upper Lip, the NFL podcast by Brits, with me, Ed Wilkins. Me, Emma Hebron. Me, Sam Wand. And me, Tom Chappell. Excellent. Lovely. Last time I was like, oh wow, it's been a while, and now it's been zero time. Yeah, we, we kind of recorded 72 hours ago at <laughs> most. Mm. 48? Yeah, 48. Yeah, shit. We recorded Sunday, had Monday off. Now it's Tuesday. Let's rock and roll. Before I left to come and pick you guys up from work, we had 299 all-time listens. Well, fantastic. We've yep. now had 302. <gasps> oh, what? Oh, yeah. Three listens in the space of three... Fuck it, Al. Yeah. We are, we are ticking legitimacy boxes left, right and centre. We are. Mm-hmm. We are We've there. already had three listens of the new episode, which yeah. went up an hour ago. Thank you ever so much for the 300 all-time yeah. lessons. Absolutely. Well, um, those, that three listens in an hour, I mean, when we started this, I'm pretty sure that was our monthly goal. Yeah, we sort of <laughs> wanted at least like five people to listen to it. That <laughs> yeah. weren't us. Should we talk about the games then? Okie dokie. My voice is still not good because, as we said earlier, this is <laughs> like a day later. Yeah. So, <laughs> we... I'm not healed yet. We have, for some reason, got ourselves into the most ridiculous schedule where we don't record for two and a half weeks and then we record twice in... Two and a half days. Yeah, literally. (laughs) Okay, Uh, first game, Buccaneers 26, Panthers 37. This was the game that was sort of ongoing while we were recording. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. For this... From London. Life from London. Fucking life from London. Yeah. Ed and I predicted Panthers, and Tom, you predicted Buccaneers. In fairness, you sort of never really know what you're getting with the Buccaneers. You're either either going to get Jameis Winston when he's Jameis... Well, we can't really have Jameis Wagic, because that doesn't really work, does it? (laughs) Jameis Joy. (laughs) Jameis Joy, or famous Jameis's Apple Turnovers Bakery. And what we got was the latter. Yeah, what we got was... A wet flannel of a quarterback in performance. It was a yeah. panhandle to nowhere, wasn't it? It was yeah. like, <laughs> not even sure if that's an expression. No, it is. It's like um, Key and Peel thing. 
I put my trousers on one leg at a time, just like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Um, the quarterbacking from Jameis Winston was god awful. Yeah, five picks and a force and a lost fumble. Yeah, it 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 just didn't ever seem to get going for him, and it was almost a little bit like how we sort of mentioned about the jet lag affecting the Bears last week. Mm. Um, it looked like he'd sort of got off the plane like yesterday. Tampa's on the West Coast, so it would have been half past nine in the morning. Well, when the game's kicked off. Yeah. 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 So he'd just be having his... He'd be tucking it into an apple turnover. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the coach of the Buccaneers said that the Panthers were harder to defend against when they had Carl Allen and not Cam Newton. Yeah, because of the fact that you sort of know what you're going to get with Cam Newton, which is shonky short throws and attempting to scramble but not really having the physical prowess at the moment because you're held together with bits of string. And <laughs> Yeah, I think the NFL's stroppy teenager Cam Newton will... I think he'll lose his job. Yeah, it, it's hard to see because since he went out, the Panthers are 4-0 and look like a competent offence. Mm-hmm. One thing that I do sort of want to mention is, is when the, well, when the books were down, bear in mind that this was meant to be a Buccaneers home game and it ended up being more like a Panthers home game yeah. by how popular the Panthers are over here. Mm. When the Buccaneers were down, like, usually in the NFL, they, if it was at Raymond James Stadium, they wouldn't have, well, the fans would have gone. They would have left. They'd have been booing straight away. Yeah. But because this was in London, it was such a special event. Everyone was just like, yeah, go on, Jameis. Go on, throw another pick. Why don't you? Like, this is why the London games are great. Cause you get sort of unpredictable teams could potentially stay in a game because the fan, and apparently the team were galvanized by the fact that the fans were still supporting them yeah. even after they'd done pretty shit. I like that. Yeah, I do too. I don't. I don't like the leaving. I think don't be a fair weather fan. No, stick it out. No. Um, props to Gerald McCoy. He got two and a half sacks against his old team. He did. Yeah. Props to Christian McCaffrey scoring two touchdowns, including a disgusting juke on on Vernon Hargreaves, and then followed up by a sort of stiff spin, arm and spin stiff arm combo yeah. on Dev yeah. White. You know he because uh, he got his two touchdowns in the first half. And uh, that means he was the first player to score both rushing and receiving touchdowns in a London game. Really? But then in the second half, Curtis Samuel scored two <laughs> and became the second guy <laughs> to ever do that. And that sums up the Panthers' offense, really. Yeah. It's just a lot of rushing and receiving from the same player. Yeah. yeah. Um, this game also featured the worst arms in the NFL, those belonging oh. to Mike Evans. Good God. This man's shit tattoos. He has he has the words Mike Evans tattooed on his triceps, Tom. <laughs> the only way it could be worse is if it was in like fucking comic sound. <laughs> like what they a joke. Like some I can't... of the worst tattoos I've ever seen. And like the sketch of an NFL player on his oh, on his forearm. None of it none of it was good. No. And his his missed catch for what was uh, just a oh, touchdown on a go route and a busted coverage. It was so painful to watch. There were a few missed catches, weren't there, this week? I, there, there were a were. few very big it, plays. And Mike Evans sort of started this trend yeah, this week. He yeah. was, it was bad. I mean, clear of the defender mm. running toward the end zone. He'd have been home free. Mm. And, and he the game had would have been it in his arm. Game. And then he, it's, it's almost like he punched out the ball 
himself. <laughs> he forced his own fumble. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> he did. It's a little bit when you accidentally put Madden on like too easy of a difficulty and then you start playing shit so that it's at least a competitive game. Like, mm. oh, sorry, I've run 40 metres backwards. <laughs> sorry, yards. It's a London game, we're calling it metres. Metres. <laughs> Metric, bitches. Um, can we also talk about the free kick field goal yes. attempt? Because oh. I didn't see it because I was on my way to here to podcast. <laughs> Bit. Yeah, they had to explain the rules over the commentary because I don't think anybody knew what it was. There there's hadn't been one been, attempted since 1976. There's only been 24 recorded since 1925. <clears throat> they decided because they caught Buccaneers' pun. Yeah, fair catch. Yeah. Fair catch, that they would just like give it a go. There were only a few seconds left of the half. The, the clock had actually expired, but they still get a play. Yeah, because it's a fair yeah. catch, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they just opted to just boot it and see. It was like a sixty-yard field goal. It would have been mm. quite something. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, they went for it. It had the leg. It just didn't have the accuracy because it went wide. Yeah, right. it was. It's nice that Stiffle Lip has been able to branch out to two NFL games this year, yeah. despite being an English-based. That's true. It like has Eric's. been. Next year we'll have press passes. <laughs> I <laughs> sure as shit hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Green big, guys. <laughs> Hobnobbing with Hansas. <laughs> <laughs> um, one more thing about the game that should be probably mentioned in the vein of talking about it from a British perspective is that um, Coach Rivera made F.A. Abada an honorary captain for the game. Woo! Take uh, a bow, F.A. Because that's where he's from. Can we call F.A. Abada El Jefe Abada, please? Yes. Please, can we never do that ever again? I don't <laughs> he's want the his, boss. I don't want his name to be tarnished. NFL UK will hunt us down. That is true. Because they right. love F.A. Obada on, on that. Moving on, Dolphins 16, Redskins 17. Ooh. We all said the Redskins would win. Yep. Yep. This was potentially the worst showing of American football I have ever seen. It wasn't great, was it? We were sort of watching on Red Zone. Yeah. And, oh, it, God. It's almost like each team was so bad that they would each have thrown so many interceptions, but the other team was so bad that they couldn't catch the ball. No. The tank ball is live and well oh, in God. the American Football League. And Miami Dolphins, Washington Redskins is the perfect... Yeah category of teams trying to lose as best as they can there was a little bit of Fitzmagic at yeah. the end there yeah, and then a sprinkling of Fitzmagic fairy dust yeah all elements of Fitzmagic regardless of whether or not he's coming off the bench for someone that Ed now agrees is garbage uh, yeah my it, opinion of Josh Rosen has changed significantly yeah so me and Ed have sort of had like a debate over the past sort of year and a half has it been that long? Maybe just a so. year. Yeah, certainly since the draft. I've argued that Darnold is a better quarterback than Josh Rosen. And Ed has sort of put the point across that Rosen's better, he's just got less options. And then Rosen threw a ball off of his O-lineman's head. And that's usually the quality sign that you have none. <laughs> it's... And Josh Rosen has now gone down in Ed's estimations, and I have won. Yeah, I think I might have to sort of fall on my sword here. He looked about as comfortable as, like human being and lava it it was just oh i'm sorry i really need to say this we've just had a like on instagram from an account called maddie chinchillas fuck off (laughs) no we have not no we have not no we have not yes there is no way oh my god they all count oh we've now unlocked a new brand of follower (laughs) 
the chinchilla enthusiasts. <laughs> Could you imagine if this podcast becomes more popular among chinchilla enthusiasts than NFL enthusiasts? Maybe we can ask her if we can use her chinchillas to help raise awareness of the Cleft Chinchilla Appeal Appeal Foundation. I think Jasper, Madison and Giselle the chinchillas would be really up for Fuck some off. modelling. There's one called Giselle. <laughs> yeah. Fuck off, there's one called Giselle. Giselle with a Z. Superb. Yeah, Josh Rosen's not very good. <laughs> I don't think Donald's much better, although... Come on! More, more on that later. More on that later. But <laughs> getting back to the game, the Washington got out to an early lead when the two good Washington players connected, Keenum to McLaurin. Can we even really call Keenum good? We can just sort of call him, like, average. He's like a sort of sponge. Like, he's absolutely as good as the players around him. Like, in an elite team like the Vikings, he was elite. Yeah, in well, not elite. Team like the Redskins. Great. But not elite. McLaurin looks great. McLaurin does look great. And then the sprinkling of Fitzmagic came in the fourth quarter after the Dolphins bench Josh Rosen. Yeah. And the score at 17-16 to the Washington Redskins. The um, Dolphins decided to go for a two-point conversion. This is a team, by the way, that offensively haven't done anything. And they're trusting their offense to win them the game. Just kick the field goal. Except, I believe that there is a conspiracy going off here. I believe that the Dolphins have tanked on purpose. We already knew that they were doing this. But who goes for two in a game that you could easily at least tie and Mm. make your season a little bit less unrespectable when you could go for two and purposefully drop it? Because Kenyon Drake, I reckon, probably could have held that ball. But he dropped it, and I think he did it on purpose. It's not in. The, it's not in the interest of the players, though. Like it's, no, inter- it's in the interest of the staff. I think I've watched it back to see whether or not it's like a bad throw or anything, and it's not really a bad throw. It's 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 an awful play call. Like it's he's a never terrible play across call. the line. Yeah, but that's why they did it then. Yeah, if you believe in the conspiracy. Yeah, which I do. I think it's institutionalized, and I think the 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 brass of the team are happy to lose, but I don't think any player is happy to lose without compensation. Because I believe that the Dolphins could potentially have been slipped some money by the brass in an attempt to lose okay. several games. That's um, that's that. I, mean, I think we should probably move on before <laughs> before the Dolphins organization come for me. If we get a knock on the door, come for me, Miami. With your, with your what was that? <laughs> middle of the night. <laughs> um, Jaguars six, Saints thirteen. Tom and I said the Saints would win. Ed said the Jags because yeah, he does not like the Saints. <laughs> that bias is gonna. Will it carry over if Sean Payton was to leave for say the Washington Redskins? Yes. Would you hate the Washington Redskins? Yeah. I think that this could have rivaled. Um, the Dolphins Redskins game for the worst game of actual football being played this weekend. Oh, it was the one touchdown tone of the game was set at yep. the start. I mean, the first quarter had five punts and three points, which was just the beautiful forty-seven yard field goal from the one L Will Lutz. Yeah, I I'm a fan of sort of attritional defensive football, but this wasn't even that. It was just incompetent. Yeah, it was sloppy offense more than good defense because both teams have got a good defense but i don't think that that really contributed Minshew mania has turned into lin sanity quicker than i think we all expected because Minshew mania just looked a little bit lost for the first time Minshew did not look manic he looked as though he was a rookie yeah who had been taken in the sixth round for like the first time this season yeah he only threw 163 passing yards with one interception he missed 50 percent of his passes and he didn't get a touchdown pass which it's perfectly fine to have that in like a rookie season where you've been sort of thrust in but 
I'm wondering whether or not the hype sort of mm. overshrouded his season because it seemed like for a, for a bit like the the play that he made against the Broncos was was unbelievable, but he had a sort of average game around that, and it was just that one play. I don't I don't know whether or not everyone sort of jumped the gun a little bit. Are you worried that like we it were was, all too manic? Yeah, I think so. I don't want to be disappointed. I don't want to be let down by Minshew Mania, but <coughs> I'm I'm still I'm still so firmly on the Minshew Mania hype train. Okay, I think that we need to see more Minshew weeks and see whether or not it was just a case of just incompetent yeah. play this one I'd week. I hope so. What, what I would say is they lost Marquise Lee, mm. who's the only sort of other wide receiver to DJ Shark. So the hit on Jeff Swain from, is it Murray Addison? Oh, yeah. No, De- De- um, DeMario Davis. It's it's bad. It's another one of these helmet to helmet. He's unconscious before he hits the ground. Have you? Are you going to After the it? hit, players from both teams knelt in prayer. Bloody hell, that's a bad sign, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's not great. That hit is awful. Yeah. The worst bit is not watching him get hit, but watching him flop to the floor yeah. like a rag doll. Yeah, it's when it's when there's a there's a rag dolling effect, or like when their arm is sort of spasming and it's like up slightly. That is when it's it's most. Yeah. Because Mason Rudolph was laid on the floor uh, in the Ravens game with his arms basically up like that. Yeah. And it was just it's hard to look at. It's hard. To, it yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. It's real sobering as well when it when it happens and like we saw we saw it and immediately was like oh no. People are saying it looked like he was uh, Davis was leading with his shoulder and then tried to duck underneath and that's why it became helmet to helmet. Yeah, you can see him just knelt down on the floor with his head on his hands. Yeah, Demario like he Davis looks is like not he, a, he's not a dirty player. No, no like it was, I, like he doesn't look like. Uh, Vonta's perfect who would revel in it he looks like he's just as upset about it as anyone who'd hurt somebody else I do agree and the the way that I saw the play like it's it's hard to watch and the hit needs to be eradicated but I don't know really what Demario David could have done to get out of it because he's running at full pelt in coverage yeah the pass gets thrown into Swaim and it then just sort of ends up as a really nasty collision yeah. I don't think that there was really much that David could have done. No. Aside from sort of slide out of the way and then he risked breaking Swain's leg or something. Mm-hmm. In a game like this where they do have to push themselves to the very limits of their physical ability. Yeah, it's hard to stop. It's always going to be an issue. Yeah. It's a contact sport. Yeah. Also to say, it does look like this week the Saints won Battle of the Backups because Teddy Bridgewater did look like he knew what he was doing. Yeah. Teddy Bridgewater is a perfectly capable quarterback. Yeah. Ravens 23, Bengals 17. Uh, We all guessed that the Ravens would win. Yep. It's hard to... uh, Bengals, Nowhere to begin, really. This I mean, one. Lamar Jackson looks good against yeah. crap teams, but we've sort of known this. Well, the Ravens gained almost double the yards of Bengals. Yeah. They got 497 to the Bengals 250. Yeah, mm-hmm. and turned that into a minimal victory. Yeah, they didn't score twice as much, if that's what you mean. With So we were we were recording when this game kicked off, but I have gone back and watched it. Have either of you seen... Brandon Wilson's touchdown. I am not. The kickoff touchdown. So the Ravens kick off the game. Uh, He catches the return and then gets a 92-yard touchdown. 
part two, and we love a good kick. It's maybe the most frenetic and exciting play in the NFL, a kickoff return touchdown. Oh, yeah. I'd argue a punt return better, because I hate the kickoff. Kickoffs are chunky and punts are better. Well, Brandon Wilson was maybe the only Bengals player of note. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But it was a spectacle, and it's just as well, because the Bengals fans need something to tide them over yeah. that they can be happy about. I mean, Andy Dalton completed 21 of his 39 pass attempts uh, for just 235 yards, and he got an in- one interception. Bay was a bad one. Mm. He was clear, and he just didn't see the guy. And mm. just threw it basically to him. When you compare the quarterback stats, Lamar Jackson becomes the first quarterback in history to throw for 200 yards and rush for 150. Yeah. And Andy Dolan throws barely more than that and zero rushing. Well, he, he did get a rushing touchdown. That's true. He did, but it was a, it was a garbage time touchdown. No one was paying attention to that. The game was over. Ed, can I talk to you about my new business venture? <laughs> Serenity by Tom. No, it's it's the Cleft Chinchilla Appeal Appeal Foundation. <laughs> Have oh. you heard of it? It's like this brand new, basically, charity that I've started up. It's like a not-for-profit. What do, you, what do you tell us about it? The Cleft Chinchilla Appeal Appeal Foundation is a foundation to get me a new chair. We've set up a webpage, and you can go visit this <laughs> on http colon forward slash forward slash www.stiffupperlippod.com forward slash the Cleft Chinchilla Appeal Appeal. <laughs> <laughs> and yep. Very well said. Yeah. I'd I'd practice that. I'm not joking, I'd practice that (laughs) to make sure that I got it right. Once we've raised enough money to get Tom a chair, we'll get him a table to put it next to. Yeah, we Mm. stack all his awards on. (laughs) (laughs) All 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 one of them. Independent podcaster two thousand (laughs) and nine. Two thousand and nine. So when I was twelve, I was making a podcast. Oh my god, you were twelve in two thousand and nine. Yeah, I was. That yeah, hurts my spirit oh, so much. Shit. You know, in like six days, Ooh, uh, I'm turning twenty six, which means that it would have been a decade since I was sixteen and last relevant to popular culture. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean, last relevant to popular culture? We're relevant now. Tom made a reference the other day, and I've never felt so old because not only did I have to Google what it was, the reference in question was respect the drip karen yeah uh i was like that's not my name so i'm gonna google that and then i had to look it up on urban dictionary and then they referenced an app that i don't know so i had to look up what that was (laughs) and it just was sent down a rabbit hole i was about to say that i sort of sent you down a. the bit that made me feel really old though was i just gave up and just thought you know what it's it doesn't matter anymore like this doesn't matter to me (laughs) this is not a thing that i should give a shit about i don't need to know what tiktok is it's just just tiktok and then a long wasteland and then the menopause Are you saying I'm in the wasteland? <laughs> <laughs> Gee, thanks. Browns 28, Seahawks 32. We all guess that the Seahawks would win. Yep, which they did. Mayfield currently now leads the league in interceptions with 11. It's not even as though the case, because in the, in the case of, I've argued that Nathan Peterman throws more interceptions because of his receivers fumbling balls into the air, but... Baker Mayfield is just making bad throws and bad reads in big situations. Yeah. Half of Baker Mayfield's throws are just Aaron overthrown. He's trying to sort of cannon arm it to match his ego, and he's not really got any of the stats now to back any of that up. 
Mm. No. I mean, we, we've been down this road with Baker Mayfield. It feels like the arrogance isn't matched by ability no. right now. And when you've got Juice and OBJ... Who are two very good receivers, and it's not like the running game isn't working either. You could argue for some quarterbacks that aren't getting it going that maybe their running game has caused them to have more coverage, but Nick Chubb is one of the best running backs in the game right now. Mm-hmm. It is just Mayfield not getting any protection. True. Um, it's... He's also, he's just making the wrong reads. You're absolutely right. He's not throwing to players who are open sort of closer to him because he's trying to go for the big plays downfield and it's costing him in sacks, pressures, interceptions. Um, I would also say teams have started scheming. Baker Mayfield, when he senses pressure, he sort of drifts in the pocket to the right. And teams have started now to realise that and really rush their sort of strongest pass rusher on the right-hand side of the D-line rather than the left, which is problematic to say the least it's very problematic when say for example you've got Jadevian Clowney coming up against your cheese grater O-line and Baker Mayfield's running on the side of Jadevian Clowney and he basically just runs straight into one of the most efficient pass rushers in the league which is essentially what happened which is it happens all the time Baker Mayfield runs into everyone that he shouldn't do mm-hmm. because every team has realised that Baker Mayfield will run there it's a bit like teams scheming to cover the right-hand side of the field when Mitch Trubisky's on the field because he can't throw to his left very well. Mm. Whereas on the other side of the field, I think we have to give some props for the sort of MVP-elect Russell Wilson. Yeah. Who looks... Yeah. Looking... Playing like Franz Harkinson, like... The the Seahawks are still looking strong into week six. They've not wavered yet. Yeah. Just his mobility in the pocket, his passing, his poise. That's the thing that's always been the case about Russell Wilson, his... It's a it's a mental thing, isn't it, with Russell Wilson? He yeah. is he goes into every game or ninety percent of games knowing he is the best player on the pitch, and he plays to that level. Yeah, I I would be interested to see the matchup of a fully healthy Mahomes versus a fully healthy and MVP level Russell yeah. Wilson. Yeah, but right right now Russell Wilson is playing better of the two. Yeah, and capable of so much, and also is very very comfortable in the offense. Hmm. Well, it's his offense. You could argue for probably about 75% of, of teams right now, there's still an element of coaching that's going in behind the scheming and everything. Russell Wilson looks like he is the guy in control mm-hmm. in that offense. I don't know how much it'll affect him in coming weeks because Will Disley sort of went down with a with an injury midway through the third quarter. Did he come back? No, he's out now. I don't know whether or not that'll affect Wilson, but I can't imagine that it really will. Uh, they have um, They have Luke Wilson signed from the Raiders yep. as a backup tight end. I'm sure he'll be more than capable. Uh, Vikings 38, Eagles 20. <laughs> so you both said the Vikings, I said the Eagles. <laughs> that was that was the sound of the Gjallarhorn. Fantastic. The... You don't need to explain that. I'm sure absolutely everybody could guess what that was. Even though the game was in Philadelphia, I think you could have probably still heard the horn. That was how impressive the win was. <laughs> it was at the US Bank. No, it was at Lincoln Financial. That was away. No, it was home. No, was it, it home? was at US Bank. Was it home? Yeah, it was yeah. home. Oh, fine. We well, literally argued won. in the point. <laughs> oh, that's true. Think, that's true. Can we scratch that? I don't want to sound like an idiot. Um, you can still hear the Gallahorn because it was in the stadium with <laughs> <laughs> All right. Also, fine. Edward, you won. Obviously, it's at home. They beat also. the Giants on the road. Come on. <laughs> Sorry, didn't mean to be rude. That was disrespectful. How dare you? <laughs> Also, I think it's time. I think it's time we put the narrative that Kirk Cousins isn't a good quarterback to bed, because depends what your definition of good is. Three hundred passing yards, four passing touchdowns. How high on your list of good quarterback needs is consistency? 
because on mine it's quite high. It is, it high. is pretty high because this is not a regular occurrence for Kirk Cousins. I don't know. Is it the first time this season that he's thrown for more than two, Ed? I think he threw three. He did do very well. You're absolutely right. I think it's too early to say this is how it is now. You t- we, yeah, we need to no, sk- he needs yeah. to get a few more good games under his belt okay, before we I- can say that we can rely on Kirk. All, to I- do all that. I'm saying is there are definite cracks in that narrative. What I will say is that Kirk Cousins read the game very well and knew what he had to do, which was target the left side of the Eagles' secondary. And go Mm -hmm. over the top. And go over the top. Because the Eagles' secondary has been torched by Matt Ryan in their only win. He's been taught, uh, they've been torched by Matt Stafford yeah. in the Lions win over the Eagles, and he's now been torched by Kirk Cousins. Well, it's 23rd, ranked 23rd in the whole NFL, the Eagles secondary. Yeah. And they and, bit him in the ass this week. Yeah. And it's not even the entire secondary, it's the left side, because mm-hmm. Sidney Jones in that game and pretty much this entire season has looked like a headless chicken. Allowing two straight bombs to Stefan Diggs. I mean, Cousins threw two passes in a row for 115 yards. Yeah. Both it, bombs to Diggs. It's it's one thing to give up one of those plays because of busted coverage. It's not fine. There's points on the board, but you can recover from that. To then go out there and do the exact same thing and allow the exact same level of play for big pointage. Yeah. You can't do that in the NFL. And he, he again got torched with another play later on as well. Diggs mm-hmm. had a monster game yardage and points-wise yeah. because Sidney Jones was on him and Sidney Jones just couldn't keep up. Yeah, you're absolutely right. A couple of other things I would like to point out. The uh, linebacker, Zach Brown, who criticised Kirk Cousins, yeah. and it, it went beyond criticism to the point of sort of character assassination. He's been released by the Eagles, so yeah. fuck you, buddy. <laughs> and the other thing to say is that, I don't know whether you've noticed this, but Eric Kendricks has been quietly putting together like an MVP standard level. I've not really seen much of Eric Kendricks, but it's mostly because I usually watch you games on Red Zone. He's been one of the highest rated linebackers against the run and in pass coverage. Mm-hmm. and rushing the QB. Yeah. Which, I mean, th- that's what Zimmer expects of his middle linebacker, but I think he's having the best season of his career. I mean, Eric Kendricks is a good linebacker. There's no denying that, in terms of your sort of interior linebacker, he is right up there in possibly the top five. Yeah. So it's no surprise that he's putting together a, a very, very good season. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited now as a Vikings fan going forwards. Yeah, you, you should yeah. be, I think. I think they played really well, and they played against a team that's a lot better than the other teams they've beaten. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think the Eagles have to take a long, hard look at their sort of Super Bowl credentials. Yeah, because it's, it's, one, it's one thing, because uh, the Vikings are very much run-heavy offense, and the Eagles are great at stopping that run-heavy offense, but... The Vikings still schemed out of it, and the Eagles didn't keep up with that. They were just like, oh, they're going to run the ball. No, they're not. They are smart enough to know, and I think every team is smart enough to know, except the Dolphins, who probably would have played straight into it, being like, well, it's an easy loss, isn't it? (laughs) In fact, they they meet, don't they, the Eagles and Dolphins? I'm not sure. The, Patri- uh, the Eagles the- do play the Dolphins oh, first of December. Yeah, the the NFC division plays one AFC division every year yeah, in yeah. full. So if <laughs> members 13. of the AFC... Really? Mm-hmm. Tank okay. Bowl! <laughs> As the <laughs> Eagles go 3-13 and 13 because everyone else is passing over to Sidney Jones's side and Doug <laughs> Peterson refuses to get rid of him. It's It was one of the worst perfor- individual performances I've seen. Yeah. Carson Wentz only made 26 of his 40 passing attempts. And there was a lovely... Um, 
a lovely sort of improvised pass. I think it was a touchdown pass. Yeah. Um, but other than that, oh, he, didn't, was, yeah. he didn't do a great deal of note other than that. That touchdown pass was like insane. Yeah. I mean, he like got out the pocket, span away, made so much time and room for himself yeah. and then made it. So yeah. I feel like criticising Wentz on, on this performance is probably a it's bit not, of an it's not. It's not just, no. He, he's, he, a, he's a perfectly serviceable quarterback, but he didn't do anything to elevate his team. Either. No. Not really, but... But then he's... arguably neither does Kirk. He's thrown for like 600 yards in the No, 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 I'm saying... Like... What I'm saying is, gem- like, generally, the Vikings aren't a team that need Kirk to be like Tom yeah. Brady and make stuff happen because they've got, like, Dalvin Cook, Daniil Hunter, Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen and, like, all these players that will make stuff happen. Mm. They don't need him to do that. Whereas the Eagles didn't have... The Eagles' offense right now looks like it runs through Wentz. You're absolutely yeah, right. Yeah, they didn't have that. So he does need to step up and he needs to be more than the sum of his parts. In fairness, Miles Sanders and, and Jordan Howard are both having pretty decent years for the Eagles at running back. Miles Sanders had a good catch against us, but aside from that, it was pretty limited. Yeah. And so was Jordan Howard in this game. Overall yardage-wise, I'm pretty sure that Miles Sanders... Maybe would that pass? Yeah, probably. Yeah. So... Uh, In a game that we all guessed wrong, Chiefs 24, Texans 31. I mean, they're all mortal, don't they? Yeah, the the Texans really have shown the the holes in the Chiefs. Yeah. Like, the ways that you can beat them. I think that we also need to give credit to to Bill O'Brien, because we sort of wrote off the moves that have been made in in the offseason, or I did especially, and if we're all falling on our swords from earlier in the year, I need to fall on my sword about this one, because... The, the the value that they have got from getting Laramie Tunsil in has turned this team from a team that couldn't block Deshaun Watson, one of the best quarterbacks when he's in protection, and in general anyway, mm. in the league. They've now given him that blindside protection that yeah. means that he's able to make plays against teams left, right and centre. Mm. The Chiefs here didn't know how to stop Deshaun Watson. And it's I don't think that they were used to it because teams don't usually know how to stop Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And all of a sudden here you are with another generational talent quarterback making big plays left, right and centre. And it's because of the fact that they've, sure, they've given up like their their first rounder to get Laramie Tunsil, but Tunsil's worth that. They're protecting the face of the franchise. Yeah. So I I think you're right. It's, It's a lot to sacrifice, but perhaps it will have been worth it. I mean, time will tell. Yeah. I think the Colts created a blueprint of how to beat the Chiefs and then the Texans decided to do it with uh, another maestro performance at quarterback from Deshaun yeah. Watson. They completely stopped the run, mm-hmm. which made the Chiefs one-dimensional. Yeah, and this is with Tyreek Hill back in the in the line. Like You could sort of argue that Mahomes didn't have any weapons to throw to for the Colts game um, because of the amount of injuries, but now Tyreek Hill's back and they still couldn't find a way through the Texans in a good enough manner yeah, to get the victory. It's almost sort of, as Mahomes got the ability to just sort of do it with anyone, but like when Mahomes isn't fully fit, he can't. They don't have anyone else really to rely on. They have Travis Kelsey. Yeah, but like they need Mahomes to be throwing the ball to him. And Mahomes is still not fully fit. Still slinging it. Like, yeah, he's he's playing amazingly. Yeah, but, but he can't do it on his own and... and this no. performance proved it for me. His mobility, his lack of mobility mean, in the pocket means he's not able to take advantage of Hill's speed by yeah. sort of because he has to get the ball out sooner. In the bird bowl. Uh, the bird bowl! You both picked correctly. I picked wrong. Uh, but it was very close. Cardinals 34, Falcons 33. 
It was another pooper bowl shit off. The Atlanta Falcons at this point need to be very, very, very worried yeah. because of the fact that they have played the Titans, the Cardinals, and I mean, sure, they beat the Eagles mm. and that, that probably gave them a little bit of hope and whatnot. How much but longer like, do you think Dan Quinn will last? I don't know. I think that he's going this week. Yeah. I don't We're think recording this gonna... on the Tuesday. If he goes before the next round yeah. of fixtures, mm-hmm. then... I, I said a bye week and week nine. I think that's when they go. Okay. But they need to be very worried because in their schedule, they still have the Panthers twice, who we've discussed have, have sort of turned around their sort of sluggish season yeah. very well. Um, they've got the Saints twice, still left to play, yeah. which is tough. <laughs> yeah. um, we've got they to have play the, them once and I'm shitting it. They have the Cowboys, who, I mean, they, they roll over teams that are not good enough at defending the run or the pass mm. and the Falcons are not good enough at either they could very easily be finishing this season 3-13 and 13, and I think that the Falcons need to be very worried yeah. otherwise they could end up drafting 4th maybe even 3rd mm. mm. and they don't want that as a franchise that has got pride yeah. about them Atlanta don't need another yeah. year where they're going 3-13 and 13. Yeah. when coming into the season I viewed the Falcons as contenders yeah this yeah. is basically their contendership over now they could have reached another Super Bowl in this time and, and forever it feels like Matt Ryan's entire career will now just revolve around 28-3. to three. Why do you think that is? Do you think they've drafted poorly? I think that they have drafted okay, but the only problem is, is they've drafted players that may potentially have got a bit of an injury proneness. And I don't know whether or not there's something going on within the Falcons medical staff. But there are a lot of high names that keep getting injured. Tack McKinley, Keanu Neal, and like last season they were ravaged by injuries and everyone was sort of like, okay, this sort of explains it. When they get back next year, they'll be fine. But it feels like they've, they've, they've lost again Keanu Neal. They've lost the O-lineman that they drafted. Literally, was that week one that your game with them was? Yeah. Yeah. So week one, their O-lineman that was meant to protect Matt Ryan better has gone out potentially for the season. Mm -hmm. It looks like he may come back sort of late November at the very earliest with like a broken foot. It's almost as though sort of injuries keep ravaging their season, but how many times can you get away with that? Mm. And you can't. You can't keep explaining it. You can't keep saying that that's the reason. No. You've got to make some big changes, which is probably why Dan Quinn's going to get fired. Well, yeah, exactly. And it's almost as though sort of the players have, have stopped responding to Dan Quinn and whether or not this is because of performances because of the injuries or not Mm. you can't the team should still be doing better than they are and there are so many examples of busted coverage in this game it sums up really that the team aren't playing for Dan Quinn and they need to make the change Yeah, and the sooner they do it the better the season will be you can't really blame them because you would lose your trust in a guy that's not winning you anything yeah the other thing I would like to point out about the Falcons Matt Ryan is not the not the problem anymore no Matt Ryan is still performing like Matt Ryan should, but it's just it's it's impossible to do when you nobody else on the team seems to really give a shit. Mm-hmm. Even Julio's not playing. No, like Julio. And I don't know whether or not this is play calling at this point, or or Julio can't be asked. It just seems like the entire team have just decided that one and four seasons over. Welcome the Cardinals in, and the Cardinals just steamroll them. Well, has Julio ever looked the same since losing the Super Bowl? No, he looks deflated. It was almost as though he sort of realised that that was his year of contendership. And when they started getting injuries last season, he I mean, he put up the most yards without getting a touchdown last season before eventually getting across the line, I think against the Eagles again. Was it like week 15 or something? Yeah, but it was just, 
it feels more of a coaching thing and the players not responding to the coaching more than anything because they've got talent but they're all on the injury report mm. yeah Helmer Hits is a non-profit organisation on Facebook that is helping to further the culture of American football in the UK by contacting councils to get the sport into schools and by helping donate money to current teams so they can buy equipment and kits and anything that they might need. If you go onto their Facebook group, you can buy raffle tickets for £10 to win autographed jerseys and helmets. Get on it now. Round 7, 49ers 20. We all predicted this one correctly, but I don't think I expected it to be quite that clear. I don't want to toot my own horn, but I've been saying for a while the Rams aren't all that. Yeah. I think that was on display here. Their their run defence is woeful, and their pass blocking is woeful. Well, and they look they've, at the 49ers' strengths. The PFF ratings for, the, for O-lines, the Rams are rated bottom. They have the worst O-line by PFF ratings. God. And this is behind the Bengals, the Dolphins, the Redskins, all these teams that are synonymously shit yeah. at pass blocking and stuff. The Steelers racked up eight sacks against the Bengals O-line and it's not last. And it's because the Rams O-line has regressed heavily. Players yeah. like Andrew Whitworth are, are, are now suddenly finding themselves like the 60th best guard in, in, mm-hmm. in the league and it's just... What is going on? Havenstein moved to the Titans and he looks like a bust, but he was playing great for the Rams. Before. Yeah. It's a strange situation. And now, uh, note boom, their left guard is out with a torn ACL. So they are, they are now without the guy that was already getting a sort of grade of 39.7. The backup's getting 28.0 in yeah. PFF grade. They've got the worst O-line in football and it's making it hard to run the ball. Jared Goff under pressure is one of, well, one of the worst quarterbacks by completion percentage in the entire league. And when you're not able to protect him, you're basically making him nowhere near worth the value that they paid for him. Yeah. 78 passing yards. 78 passing yards. I mean, the, the, the 49ers defense is stifling and I've argued this point last week and you didn't agree, but do you now agree that the 49ers' defence is scary? Well, what, what I think what I agreed with is the pass rush was incredibly strong, and it is. Yeah. Like, the pass rush is so, so dangerous, especially against the Rams. I mean, it, it was men mm. versus boys. Yeah. Even in, even in goal line, the Rams made two consecutive attempts from the goal line and got no gain whatsoever. Yeah. This is a Rams team that, at the goal line were more efficient than any other team last year mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and now can't move the ball one yard against this 49ers defence. Mm-hmm. Uh, Broncos 16, Titans 0. I have nothing to report about this game. <laughs> um, I think this is the first zero since the Dolphins were... Shot yeah. by the... Mm. Yeah. Are you able? Uh, do you know Mar- Marcus Mariota's quarterback rating after this game? Uh, no. The results of this may shock you. Um, he was benched uh, during, I think, towards the end of the second quarter for Ryan Tannehill, who came in and didn't perform much better in truth. But he was a dead man walking for this entire game. He he just he was dreadful. Prepare yourself. Nine point five. Nine point five. <laughs> a single digit. A single Fucking digit quarterback rating. <laughs> Bear in mind that two weeks ago against the Falcons, it was 129.7. So he's actually lost over 120 points. Yeah, I guess we know where the floor that. is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he and Jameis Winston were the two best quarterbacks taken, potentially the worst draft class for quarterbacks ever. Yeah. 
Was that 2014? And it's 15, isn't 2015, it? 2015, yeah. It's like the five-year experiment, and neither of them have lived up to any of the hype whatsoever. No. James Winston finally started to look like he was going to be good enough, but then regressed heavily against the Panthers, mm. but that could have been jet lag. Mm. Mariota hasn't shown any of the ability that the Titans expected when oh. they drafted him. Not so, since his first season. No. So embarrassing as well to be benched. For Ryan Tannehill. For Ryan Tannehill. Who was also a failed experiment in Miami. (laughs) Like, this is the thing here. It's a failed experiment being benched for a failed experiment, and they decided that the second one was better. (laughs) Well, I think they just thought, we know what that looks like. We -hmm. know he's not doing it. Let's see. Let's give Ryan a go. Yeah. I think Denver didn't do a great deal in this game, but then they didn't have to. No. They did everything they needed to do. Yeah. They put points on the board. They got off the field. Yeah. This is in one piece. I think this may be the most frustrating Titans team to ever watch because they'll go and absolutely destroy the Cleveland Browns and the Atlanta Falcons and then come to Denver and put up a fucking shutout. This is yeah. the worst Titans team, I think, that I potentially have seen because of the fact that they have the biggest ceiling and the lowest floor I've ever seen in a team in <laughs> one season well, it's with no reason behind it. That secondary is brilliant. Yeah. That O-line. Kevin yeah. Byard is amazing. He's god-awful. And it's not yeah. like they beat the Falcons and then suddenly they've done no. really badly against an excellent team. Like The no. Broncos are not great. No. no the, the Broncos I'd put at the same level as the Falcons in terms of actual ability. I'd say a bit I'd higher. Put them slightly higher. Yeah, but not... we're talking sort of about the Raiders. I'd I say wouldn't about... put them yeah. top half. Like, middle of the bottom half. Yeah. <laughs> but a team that was once maybe trash last week but is now not looking so bad, our boy's back. Jets 24, Cowboys 22. Ed was the only the one. Yeah, he was the only one to predict this. <laughs> yeah, Donald, a player who I don't particularly believe in, came through for me in a mad way. <laughs> <laughs> Donald think... does not have the fever but rather brings it now. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. It was, it was a sort of coming of age story for the Jets that beat a sort of bloated Cowboys team. It was a bit like the Mighty Ducks. Is how I'd compare it. <laughs> yeah. It had that. I mean, Jamal Adams had one of the games of his life. Yeah, but mo- mostly it was characterized by bad play calling on offense for the Cowboys for the second week in a row. Yeah, and the Cowboys, after being sort of preseason darlings, are now three and three. Yep. But like now you look back and you think, well, it's probably because the teams that they played, their first two games were Giants and Redskins. This is and Giants then when Eli was still at the helm as well. Yeah. yeah. And then they played the Dolphins. And so you think, well, that's probably why you got over 30 points every game. Yeah. And everybody's kind of, I think we all thought, oh, look, the Cowboys look really good. And then they played the Saints and you think, mm, okay, not. And then ever since then, they've just not, Yeah. they've not held their own the same way. I know it's not a particularly unpopular opinion, but I think that Jason Garrett is the second name on the chopping block because this is a Cowboys team that has a lot of talent all over the field on both sides Mm -hmm. of the ball, and Jason Garrett has flubbed them Mm -hmm. so far. And I don't think that Jerry Jones is going to wait around for this. I think that Dan Quinn's going first, and I think that Jason Garrett's going second. Well, I mean, they've they've did a quite a quite a brutal U-turn on providing him with a new contract. So he's out of contract at the end of the year yeah. anyway. Yeah. I think the only mitigating factor you can look at for the Cowboys right now is the fact that they're down both of their starting tackles. But aside from that... I'd, I'd absolutely agree it's possible that he can go. He doesn't seem to have them on his side anymore. No. This is America's team. <laughs> and they're lost, they're lost to the team that isn't even New York's team. Yeah. <laughs> right now, Danny, da- uh, Danny Dimes is the darling, and the Jets are basically the New York Knicks of, of the league, and 
America's team lost to that. Mm-hmm. You want to do a drum roll? Chargers 17, Steelers 24. Phil Rivers had a quarterback rating of 18. <laughs> that was quick. Yeah. He had that one in the chamber. Yeah, I did, yeah. I was actually waiting on that from the moment that you mentioned about Mariota's quarterback rating. Because I wanted to point out that it's Phil, Rivers, good. Phil Rivers had twice as good of a rating as a guy who had single, single digits <laughs> and was benched. Yeah. Phil Rivers here was under address from what I would argue Sorry. as a... Under duress. Under, under duress. duress. Sorry. <laughs> right, okay. I mean, if he was playing blinded while being under address, I can understand the 18. But yeah. other than that, it's... Phil Rivers was playing in a dress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, it's inexcusable. Phil Rivers was under duress <laughs> because of the fact that the Steelers' defense was insatiable in this game. TJ Watt, again, had an unbelievable game. Bud Dupree has bettered his stats from all of last season in six weeks this this season. Bud Dupree is currently beating Khalil Mack in tackles for losses and sacks right now. Mm. Bud Dupree is the comeback player of the year. He has played one more game, I will say that. Yeah, but he had the same amount of sacks as Khalil Mack going into this game, which Khalil Mack is one of the best pass rushes in the yeah. league if not the best mm-hmm. yeah. behind potentially Aaron Donald definitely one or two yeah Bud Dupree has the same number of sacks and now has more after playing one more game <laughs> thank you Bill. this Steelers defense is stifling at times and Devin Bush had an unbelievable game it started out with a fumble recovery that goes for a touchdown because Phil Rivers decided that he was going to throw a lateral backwards nobody reads it except my boy Devin Bush and the rest of the Steelers team. This is the Steelers team that Steven Nelson has been basically our lockdown corner and he was missing this week. Phil Rivers threw two interceptions and a lateral that was a fumble. The Steelers are are slowly becoming a team that are entirely about defense and I love it. This is a return to the steel curtain. Cam Sutton, our fourth choice cornerback, was on the field for four targets towards him they didn't complete a single one of those and he made an interception he also recovered the onside kick in an unbelievable play where he leaps up this is a perfectly played onside kick by the way the kick itself is superb yeah and cam sutton jumps up almost like rugby like throwing was it like a touching kind of thing where they like throw it from the sides and someone hoists them up cam sutton does that on his own (laughs) <laughs> he jumps that high, recovers the ball, gets hit, lands on his head and still holds onto it, it in a is crucial something. play. He's basically keeping hold of the ball while flying upside down through the air. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Evans couldn't even do it on yeah. the ground with two feet while exactly. it was in his arms. And one of the other targets that Cam Sutton had was was a, was a throw that was perfectly placed in towards Mike Williams. He bats it away in the yeah. end zone, might I add, when the Steelers were in potential trouble of maybe throwing it away from the Chargers perspective I just I really think they just need to get rid of Melvin Gordon and put Austin Eckler back well the thing is that neither of them had a good game the only rushing play that went over 10 yards was Melvin Gordon on a check down but then I think that because they've obviously put Austin Eckler in a new position because he's not being Melvin Gordon yeah and I just think he works better being Melvin Gordon than Melvin Gordon does. I mean, the four games that they had without Melvin Gordon, they got 97 attempts, 414 yards, and two touchdowns. In the two games with him, they've had 30 attempts, 67 yards, and zero touchdowns. With with another example of falling on sword, by the way, I want to apologise to Keith Butler. 
because of the yes. fact that I I insulted him and wanted him out of the out of the team. You did. But we all in, heard it very in, aggressive. In the weeks <laughs> since we have taken Minka Fitzpatrick, mm-hmm. and now that he has an actual safety that he can work with, the team has been ridiculous against the pass. We do not allow passing plays until we're already ahead. I have to give him credit. The team yeah. has has gone from being one of the worst teams against the pass, I'd argue, and terrible against the run, to being ridiculous. I'd, I'd agree. I don't really feel I have anything more to add. You're both very happy bunnies this week. Yeah, mm-hmm, we are. And when this article comes out, you'll see that I called this. It's true. Last yeah. game and maybe the most contentious, Packers 23, Lions 22. We did all predict this, but I certainly didn't predict these Packers, who, like, they looked alright, but the Lions looked better. It was another case of, of the Detroit Lions playing the game of play basic football and let the other team fuck it up. Yeah. Jimmy Graham of the Packers, yep. he was held to 17 yards. And I hate injustices, and I feel like the Lions deserve that one. They were really fucked over by the officiating in that yeah. game. Um the illegal use of hands call on Trey Flowers when he didn't have his hands on a helmet. No. It was a shoulder. It was literally, he, he had his hands on the shoulder pads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this was, was not one day listener, but twice. Yeah. Yeah. And that then led to the Packers getting a winning field goal. And I can completely understand why players get frustrated with the officiating because it's inconsistent. I feel sorry for the Detroit Lions because there are some teams which feel like they get fucked over by referees a lot. Yeah. But there is no team more hard done by by the Zebras. I honestly feel like the the last two games they lost have been because of penalty problems. I mean, they were potentially also robbed of a defensive pass interference call that should have gone against the Packers and then didn't. Yeah. Yep. After the game, ESPN analyst Booger McFarland. Bugger. Bugger McFarland. I thought it was Booger. No, it's Bugger. Bugger McFarland. Yeah. Uh, he said, I think the Lions are going to feel like they played better than the Packers tonight and that the officials took this away from them. Yeah. I'd mm-hmm. agree with that. Yeah. I the think Lions, that's exactly what happened. The Lions could very easily be 4-0-1 and if they hadn't thrown it away against the Cardinals, could easily be 5-0 and right now. Yeah. If it wasn't for some officiating and them being a bit incompetent on the on week one, then they could easily be one of the undefeated teams right now. And I think, I feel sorry for the Detroit Lions. Yeah. yeah. What I would say though is this is their first divisional game. Yeah. It is. And the NFC North right now is the most competitive division. I mean, it's, it's the only division where all four teams are 0.500 or above. Yeah, it's, it's not even close. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I'd the... sort of argue that, like, the the NFC East, NFC West, and AFC North are all sort of there for different reasons. They're, yeah, they're, they're close leagues, but yeah. they're not competitive in the same way. Yeah, because the NFC North is all about which team is better. The NFC East is just sort of trying to flub their way along and see who can hand it to them better between <laughs> the Giants and mm-hmm. Cowboys and Eagles. Yeah. yeah. The NFC West is who can have the better blueprint to defeat the LA uh, LA Rams who are also trying to defeat the Seahawks and 49ers who've been yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. And then you've got the AFC North which I like to compare to <laughs> a, a hare and tortoise race except the hare has one leg the tortoise is still the tortoise and there's also a caterpillar that probably shouldn't be competing but is. Yeah. You can't really decide who's going to win it yeah. But I'm going to let you decide who is who. Feel free to let us know on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or email. <laughs> give, it, give us a plug. You can find us on Facebook with Stiff Upper Lip. The Instagram account is 
Stiff Upper Lip Pod. The Twitter is at Stiff Lip Pod. And our email address, I don't know, Emma, what is it? Stiff Lip Pod at gmail.com. I suppose you can email me if you want. Yeah. Ed has gone to feed the cat yes, and preheat the oven. What? We do, but I'm not I'm not doing it without you. It says Richie Incognito. I can't. Really? Yeah, I can't be. Whenever I think of Richie Incognito now, I sort of apply it. Can are you able to do this for us, Emma? If you can. Okay. Um, like you know, some sort of like Soviet marching music. <laughs> People in the back going Incognito. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what Soviet marching music is, but I guess I'll have just, an interesting just Wednesday. Just put, like, the, the Soviet Union anthem. Incognito! 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 So, uh, Richie Incognito... I can't get over how yeah. good of a Disney villain name that is. <laughs> Sounds like he should be in The Incredibles. Yeah, it does actually. <laughs> uh, he has now been fined $21,054 for two penalties that he incurred against the Bears in the Raiders game at Tottenham last week. Uh, one of them was a chop block and one was unnecessary roughness. Is this the one where he punched someone? Like, when the play was dead? Uh, yeah. What he Well, he pretended to help Buster Scrine up and instead decided to just shove his head into the turf. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, this is the guy that's had a two-game suspension after threatening to shoot people at a funeral home. Throughout his career, he has lost $716,953, either due to fines or salary lost through suspensions from penalties and behavioural infractions. Do we have a bastard of this week, though? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but Richie Incognito was a bastard last week and we just forgot to do Bastard Watch. I think... Do we have the bastard of the week? There was someone who I wanted to... My nomination is Richie Incognito because he deserves to receive the award. I think mine at the moment are probably the fans in Bulgaria. True, actually. We do... We do. I think the Bastard Watch is not going to be about the NFL this week. It's going to be about... Uh, Soccer, English football. <laughs> English football, yeah. yeah. It's coming home. It is coming home. And the players are coming home now after sort of being subject to awful racial abuse by what has to be said, a small minority of the Bulgarian fans. It wasn't it really wasn't that small, small though. No. There were several sections of the crowd. It was a large enough majority that they could be clearly heard. Yeah. So there was there was a monkey chant in uh, all of the black players on the on the England yeah. team. And then there were several Nazi salutes done by members of the crowd. But then the worst part is the manager coming out and saying that he didn't hear it. But he didn't Gabriel, notice. Yeah, sorry, that was it. He didn't notice. He didn't but, notice the Nazi saluting. He didn't notice the half-time PA announcement telling people to stop it. Yeah. He didn't hear all of the chants, I mean, I don't, I don't know how he didn't hear them when Gabriel Popoff, the Bulgarian striker did hear them and went yeah. over to the fans and told him to stop, to which the fans then started voicing disgust at him yeah. because he said, quit being such a fucking idiot. Yeah. Basically, UEFA, sort it the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. Who's the bastard here then? 
We're going to call the Bulgarian no. FA and the people yeah. in the stadium and the manager and also the cameraman who told Gareth Southgate to fuck off <laughs> because and Gareth Southgate was talking about the racism yeah. in a post-match press conference. And all of the Bulgarian journalists yeah. that laughed afterwards. Yeah. But I will say, like, it's, it wasn't all of the fans and it's I'm sure that those aren't the values of the average Bulgarian person. And it's not even just a problem there. It's a problem in all of football but UEFA really needs to decide where it's going to take a stand here and then just do it yeah we can't really blame the average Josip (laughs) on this one (laughs) oh god (laughs) right let's do our predictions quick and get the fuck out of here predictions okay Uh, Broncos Chiefs Chiefs Chiefs. Packers Raiders Packers it's 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 at Green Bay it's at Lambeau I really want the Raiders to win yeah, me too. But Packers. 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 Falcons, Rams. 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 Uh, Redskins, 49ers. Wow. 49ers. I'm going to set now. For the <laughs> 49ers. 49ers. Uh, Colts, Texans. Ooh. <laughs> That's fucking spicy. Ooh. It's a horse off, guys. Is, those that ride them, those that hoof them. Is T.Y. Hilton back? I don't know. Emma. They do think T.Y. Hilton's going to be back. I'm going Colts. Really? <laughs> yeah. Colts. Texans. The reason as to why is because T.Y. tears this Texans team up for no reason other than he sort of just does. All right. I was expecting you to say tie. Ooh, that's yeah. a tie candidate. If I'm it is a tie candidate. It's a good tie as well. Yeah, I would be very much enthralled by a, a Texans-Colts yeah. tie. Uh, Lions-Vikings. Vikings. This is hard because it's divisional and it's a... It's it. Is it at Ford Field? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it is a, the Vikings have beaten the Lions in Ford Field more times than the Lions have beaten the Vikings there. Yeah, but the only problem is, is that these were all of the old shambolic Lions. This is like a New Age Lions where they're only just losing games at Lambeau and at Arrowhead. This is not the Lions of old, and I um, think Viking it has to be. It doesn't have to be. I'm saying Lions. Fuck it. Detroit Lions are going to pull off an upset. Would it be that much of an upset? No, it point? wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. It's it's a it's a Vikings team on the road, right? So that's already one part. The Lions are good, which none of us saw coming at the start of the season. And also, the Lions specialize on making teams fuck up more than they do. Go Detroit on, Lions are winning. Go I'm on, saying then. Vikings. Okay. Like, yeah. In a uh, cat fight, Bengals Jags. Oh god. Jags. 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 Easily. <laughs> uh, Giants Cardinals. I like this one. This is this I is. I think I'm spicy. going to bat for the Giants here. I, I'm going to I, bat for you, Sam. I don't think that the Giants have got enough of their key pieces on offense, and I think that for that the Cardinals yeah. may win. So yeah, I'm, I'm going a, Cardinals. I'm going to shoot for the Cardinals because I think that the air raid offense is going to be perfect against a team that doesn't rush the passer that well and hasn't got very strong secondary. True. Bills, Dolphins. Bills, easy. <laughs> That's Bills. like the easiest tie Bills. that I've ever heard. Tie? Not, not tied, like the match up. Game, yeah. <laughs> match up. <laughs> I was going to say, tell you it's going to be a tie. <laughs> schedule. Uh, another bird bowl, Seahawks-Ravens. <sighs> Seahawks. Seahawks. Yeah, Seahawks. The way they've been playing. Yeah. Uh, Titans-Chargers. What a terrible game. <laughs> just put, I'm just putting this down as this will be the worst game of football played all weekend. Titans for me. Fuck it, draw. Really? <laughs> this was a game that I was eyeing up for a tie to be like, fuck it, I don't care. Tie, and it's going to be the worst game of the weekend. Should we be tie bros? We're going to be tie bros, fuck it. Bears Saints. It's at Soldier Field. Yes. Bears. 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 
Thank you. Not because so I don't think the Saints are any good, but the defence will earn you big props here. The Saints are good, but we're at home and they've they've not been putting up crazy amounts of points no. lately. Like they, they struggled to get those against the Jags. Yeah, this will be a very good defensive game. Mm-hmm. Like very much so. Yeah, I hope so. It's the day for my birthday. We'll start with celebration. Superb. Who was the Monday night game? Who was on your birthday? Uh, we're not quite there yet. Oh, Cowboys Eagles. Ooh. The the NFC East between two fumbling teams. Yeah. I'm going Eagles. I'm probably also gonna go Eagles because as much as the left side of their secondary is garbage, they de- the, the 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 Cowboys have lost Amari Cooper now, so they can't really exploit that very well. They've got Michael Gallup, I'm going for the Cowboys. Okay. I think it'll be interesting. I think this will be a good game. Yeah. yeah. The last game this week. So the Monday night game is Jets Patriots. Jets at home. Do we go for it? I'm fucking <laughs> hanging the onions. <laughs> oh, he's going in. Jets. We're gonna go for a Donald duo. I honestly, really wanted to as soon as I heard about well, it. Well, Tom Brady has looked mortal against bad teams, and I think that yeah, oh, and Sam Donald was kind of on fire against Cowboys. Sam Donald was on fire, and I think that Bill Belichick won't have had enough time to figure out this Jets offense because nobody has. Donald hasn't been a part of it for so long. Donald's gonna win Donald is gonna break everyone in New England's hearts and I'm all for it. I'm going We're for going Jets. for it. Are we all going Jets? Yeah. We're all going Jets. <laughs> this is mutually assured destruction. I love it. This is a wildcat jet sweep. Yeah. Uh, and then it's a bye week for the Panthers, Browns, Bucks and Steelers. Yeah. So you got a week off, Tom. I'm glad that we won before coming into this because if we went into the bye week one and five, like, I mean, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't have been. So two and four and with the Dolphins next week, so three and four. You got a week off to prepare for the arduous journey of playing the Dolphins. At Heinz Field. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Literally, if we do not beat the Dolphins at Heinz Field, then do I am taking back everything that I've said about this team. Forever. That's fine. Do we have permission to just shit on the Steelers for all of time if you, you don't, don't beat the Dolphins you, at home? You don't, you don't need permission to shit on the Steelers for all of time because I will join you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Following the success of these London games and the London games of, of yesteryear. Yonder. Yeah. Um, they, <laughs> you appreciate that. Yeah, I love it. Casual um, use of the word yesteryear. Thank you. <laughs> really floats my boat. Um, <laughs> They're talking about how it's more and more likely that they're going to bring an NFL team to the UK. Yeah. Would you be a fan or would you still be a Steelers fan? Because the problem is a lot of people who are NFL fans have obviously like been fans of their team yeah. for years. I first became a Bears fan when I was 14, so that's like 12 years ago now. Yeah. So it, the allegiance and the love is so strong. What would you do? I'd stay a Steelers fan. I think the good thing about having a London-based team is for all the people that don't have a team already, mm. the London-based team would then provide them with an access route into the game. It would make games a lot cheaper for, for people. And also, the games would be far more available. Yeah. If there were eight games a year instead of four, it wouldn't be a case of, shit, got to buy tickets literally in the morning mm. when the tickets go on sale or yeah, you want definitely. to get through. I would just enjoy being there. Yeah, so I'd I go would... to London games yeah. to see NFL. the London team against yeah. someone else. Just to watch American football. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would find it very difficult to root against a London team. I think the only situation I would root against a London team is if they were playing the Vikings. Yeah, I'd just be a fan of both. Yeah. Why can't you? 
Yeah, I'd own a, I'd own a London team's jersey. I'd I'd still yeah. be a Steelers fan, like at heart. That's, that's and what we said. We said that we'd we'd have London memorabilia and we'd totally be hundred yeah. percent supportive. But I think our hearts would still stay with our. I'd like if the Bears played London. I think mm. I'd I'd want the Bears to win. Yeah, you'd you'd go and root for the team that you yeah. support. I'd go like, in my Bears jersey. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like I cried when I saw the Minnesota Miracle. Like. <laughs> like, oh, bless you, darling. I cried like a little baby. <laughs> when uh I I know the feeling cuz when uh when we played the Patriots last year in week 15 and Joe Hayden made that catch, the interception that sort of proved that Brady was mortal cuz he just sort of hurled one up there. I was just sort of like I was flabbergasted it it meant a lot yeah Yeah. i don't think ed has seen me more um i've not seen her angry at anything than the time i tried to sort of calm her down after an argument by saying oh you're so pretty when you're mad like i've not seen her that angry that's not a good (laughs) there is no wonder that she got pissed off well, actually, I think I got madder at you when you he asked me once, like fairly early on in our relationship, when uh, when I was mad at him, if I was on my period. Now I was Tom, but that's not the point, right? He was still in the wrong. <laughs> yeah, and I almost got angrier because I actually was. <laughs> but no, I meant I meant I don't think you've seen me more animated. No, than in the second half of that Raiders game when we actually started scoring some points and I was watching my team get touchdowns and field yeah. goals. Yeah, bear in mind I've got joint issues. I don't jump and scream. Renegade gave me chills at Hinesfield. Yeah. Hearing Renegade on a drive, and bear in mind that this is in the the third quarter when we were already like twenty one to three up. Yeah. Hearing Renegade played and like hearing the just the atmosphere change, it mm. it was breathtaking. It was life changing. Like so what we're essentially saying is, please give us a London team. Yeah. But yeah. Don't put them in purple. <laughs> yeah. Don't. I mean, what would they be in? Like red, blue. I reckon it'd be red and blue and white. Yeah. I I hope that they don't make it tacky. I really hope that it's just one big flag. <laughs> Every day, at least one Thomas Chapel has to sit on his bed to eat basic meals. Yeah, they are pretty basic meals. They're going Fulton's <laughs> foods. How how basic is that? <laughs> And I actually, I actually enjoy my time in Fulton's Foods. That's a very Sheffield is that, reference. Is that on Castlegate Market? On the way it back? is, yeah. Oh my god, that is like that is like food stamps. Like. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I was well chuffed when I was able to get like two Toadin Owls and some gravy for three quid. Tom, you like you have you make a good living, Tom. I'm not saying like get your weekly shopping marks and spencers if you if you actually look if you looked at the floor right now you would see that my 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 sock has a giant hole in it it doesn't have a hit that's (laughs) no longer a sock that's just like a tubey grip bandage that you've just it's just cloth now please donate to the cleft chinchilla appeal appeal foundation to make sure that tom does not grow hungry cold or in pain this winter as he doesn't have a chair appropriate food or clothing yeah it's much worse than we feared